It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live, Psy Tech Talk, taking the God story to a geeky place. Here's Michelle. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. I need all the support I can get. Fresh off the plane from the British Virgin Islands and uh, about 10 days on the gorgeous beach on Tortola. And I'm coming back tan and happy to a lot of crazy issues going on. And as we take on science and technology today, uh, this is Mental Health Awareness Week. I didn't know if you were aware of that. My mental health is doing just fine after that week off. But there's a hot off the press study that found that the coronavirus pandemic, for example, led to an increase in loneliness around the planet. Not surprising. A report from the COVID States Project found 50%, that's half of us, of adults say that they have moderate to severe symptoms of depression. Half of us, ages 18 to 24, have moderate to severe symptoms of depression. That's huge. There's also another phenomenon that's contributed to our disconnect and our loneliness, and it's called ghosting, simmering, icing, and it's disappearing when you make connections online, people just disappearing without a trace, without explanation. It's just another way we're bombarding our psyche. And one more study uh, is showing that this ghosting actually is taking place in other areas of our life, like in our work. Sometimes people are getting hired and they don't show up for their first day of work. Or someone's been working for a long time and decides, yeah, I'm not, they don't quit. They just ghost. They just disappear. What is ghosting doing to us? What is happening to our psyche? How are some of the choices that we're making? And we'll talk about more news stories that are contributing to the emptiness and loneliness. Why? Let's look at it through the lens of science and technology. And let's do it with my friend, Jeff Zwierink. He's an astrophysicist, senior research scholar. Reasons to believe. Jeff, glad to have you with us today. This is an area of interest and study for you. It is, Michelle, and I, I've just come to appreciate more and more that uh, we are designed for relationships and there are just so many ways where we can enhance our relationships and we have tools that help us build better relationships but lo and behold we inevitably seem to start using them in ways that are detrimental to relationships and so i'm fascinated and really looking forward to our conversation today oh, yes well you would think that with as much technology as we have and man i was on the beach, I was walking the streets of St. Thomas, dangling my toes in turquoise water. And roughly 10 hours later, I was in my own bed across the globe in Seattle, Washington. We have mass transportation. We have internet connections. We have more ways to connect with people than ever before. I have friends now, people that I'll call friends that live on the other side of the globe that I didn't know two weeks ago. Wow, we're more connected than ever. Then why are we more lonely than ever? More studies are showing that we are lonelier than we have ever been 
in human history. It doesn't make sense. Well, it, it doesn't in one sense, but it does in another. And and what I've come to appreciate is just, you know, I always have to be careful. It sounds like, oh yeah, back in my day, the old fuddy-duddy, just lamenting the, the change and the progress that's happening. But it very was, very much was the case that most of your relationships were driven by physical in-present contact. So you would see people day in and day out. You might call them on the phone but it was much more present contact. And one of the things that I've noticed is that with the advent of cell phones and everybody having them, that when I was growing up and through most of my adult life even, if somebody called and left a message on the phone, the moment you got home, you'd call them back. Or if somebody called on the phone, you picked up the phone to answer. And I just think of how we approach our technology today. Somebody calls on the phone, and that's almost the worst way to get a hold of somebody. Somehow, (laughs) our usage of the technology has diminished our ability to connect with people, while at the same time putting us in contact with even more and more people. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting phenomenon. Think of where we've come from. Think back, those of you who didn't grow up with a cell phone in your hand as you came out of the birth canal, the rest of us would, if you were out and about, your mom couldn't get a hold of you with the cell phone. You better be where you were supposed to be when you were supposed to be there. There there was even, remember, maybe you remember this, a time when it was just easier to text. Don't call me, I'm busy, even though I have my phone with me all the time. Texting is so much easier, but texting is, is so impersonal. And how many times have you gotten in trouble? Because what you meant in text didn't get translated in text. There, I don't know if... This is just a transitional period in human history where now that we have new forms of communication, we need to learn to connect better with them. Or if the more we get mass communication, the more we get away from interpersonal, deep and meaningful connections and how that has implications in other areas of our lives and some of the other even political areas. That's a really good question, and there's always that challenge when new technology comes along. It can be used for good things and used for bad things, and the question is, is the technology good? Well, I think that's the wrong question. Really, the key question is, how are the people going to use it? And You go back and talk about bicycles and TVs, and there's been plenty of technology, whereas it's come along, it's caused some problems when we figured out how to use it. The question I have with this one is, will we figure out how to use it? And your comment about the ghosting, where... Uh, you are now, this is a new way to end relationships. And even in the most generous of those where you're thinking, oh, hey, I don't want to tell the person I don't really want to talk to him anymore. So I'm just not going to say anything. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all type approach, which I think is the most generous way you can do ghosting. It still causes a lot of damage to relationships. And I think we need to be very careful how we move forward are we going to and think about how do we build good solid relationships i think we've turned into wimps to be honest there is nothing wimpier than rather than confronting something or rather than dealing with offenses and the bible talks a lot about how to deal with offenses that something that just blows a person's mind is when you realize it's not just i've offended you and i'm i'm sorry but there's also a place where you need to say i'm sorry 
I was offended. I'm sorry that I, I took my offense. And it's one thing to be offended, but it's another thing to take that offense and to have anger and hatred and uh, malice in your heart. I'm sorry. I walked in offense. There, there really is a beauty to interpersonal relationships that's interwoven into the Bible, Jeff. And we have effectively stepped on the way we were created to interact by maybe abusing all of the connections that we have. And here's one thing that I would love for you to comment on. And then we'll get into some of the science of this. As we have seen in, on, in media and social media, it's really easy to just unfriend, you're done, I'm out. Instead of having to deal with people, when you live in a a village, for example, and I was, true story, I was in the British Virgin Islands, and there's the town drunk, his name's Ace, and he's a sweet and kind guy, walks the beaches every day, and you can get up at 5 a.m., and he's already got a beer in his hand. They were having a big party for someone, and Ace had been drinking, and they said, Ace, you need to clean up, no more drinking today, go bathe yourself change and you'll come to the party well he blew up he got so angry now in our society everyone would just unfriend him in that little town they decided ace if you don't clean up we're gonna get you we're gonna tie you up and you won't be able to come to the party (laughs) it was just we're sitting there on the beach a group of girls watching all of this unfold and how the dynamic of the village came together to intervene with ace but mm-hmm. in our society, he'd just be canceled. He'd be ghosted. You're done. We do that with politics so that we can no longer talk about issues. We have to burn down clinics and we have to uh, bombard people with hate. I think a lot of this has come from our long, I know, long explanation, Jeff, but to this question, I think we have abused our communication outlets and that's part of what's led to where we are today what say you i think that's what's that's one of the things that's going on and i love the way you tied that back in with scripture one of the things that struck me is that you go and throughout scripture it's not okay this is the way things are and this is what kind of relationships are are secondary i mean even in the garden of eden you know god created adam and his statement was it's not good for man to be alone oh come on there you go designed for relationship and the first thing we chose to do as humans were Ooh, let's go do this instead. And we hurt our relationships. And so we have just this history of doing it. But- oh, that is so huge. That's at the very beginning of humanity is our let's just mess up relationships. Boom, right there. We'll mess up relationships with God. We'll mess up relationships with each other. The woman made me do it. We oh, just yeah. take it away we, from we it. Blame. Yeah. And throughout scripture, all of it, it's surprise it's amazing how many times the things that commands are given are to restore relationships. So even if you're coming and worshiping God and you remember that your brother has something against you, go first be reconciled and then come back. Relationships are important. And one of the things I've just recognized is that in our technology today, there's so many ways to where it looks like you're building relationships, but you may just be having a whole lot more shallow relationships instead of relationships that really 
have the depth, but you look at social media, you know, how many friends do you have? Well, I've got a thousand. Well, I've got 500 here. <laughs> but yeah, do I mean, you? Jesus even only had 12 really close friends. There's only so much relationship you can have because it's hard and takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. And so we may be spreading out our relational capital over such a large field that we don't have those deep, meaningful relationships that God's designed us to have. Let's talk a bit about the science then behind loneliness, ghosting, how we have learned to treat each other. One thing that we found ghosting really can cause a lot of pain. And new studies are showing that. Not only that, but did you hear the study published by Acta Psychologica? And they even revealed that when people ghost short-term partners, they're associating that with psychopathy. (laughs) We've turned into a bunch of uh, psychopaths is is basically what they're Yeah, In some sense, it's not surprising because you look at the, you look at what psychopaths, they tend to lack empathy, the ability to connect with people. And this is just an expedient way, whether they're even maybe thinking about somebody else. I could see being a little bit introverted. I could see, like I said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So we'll just not say anything. But that's really not a great way to build behavior. And and one of the things that struck me as I was researching this is that as people have been ghosted, it erodes their trust and their ability to form future relationships. Or not every individual has that, but the tendency is to do that. And because when you get ghosted, it's did I do something wrong or whatever. And so you're less likely to engage in that deeper relationship because of the pain and the, and the hurt that being ghosted brought, because I think that's an abuse of how we're supposed to relate to one another. Jeff, why is it that this topic intrigued you? You delved, did a little bit of a deep dive into this. What? I, one of the things, oddly enough, was connected to a book I was writing on artificial intelligence and just recognizing that how we use artificial intelligence, it's not artificial intelligence, good or bad, it's how are we gonna use it? And I'm real, I ran across in my research for that book, I ran across this very long-term study started back in the 1930s of 230 sophomores from Harvard where they just studied them over many years. And eventually they included their wives and they included inner city kids in Boston. And so this large demographic and one of the big conclusions or the big results that came out of this study is that the one of the largest predictors of health, physical health, when you're 80 years old, is your relational health when you're 50. And that one of the, the directors of this study even makes a comment, he goes, loneliness kills. It's as damaging to your health as smoking is. So it's not just, ooh, you're hurt, it's hard. It's no, it's physically got damaging consequences to be lonely. Relationships are that important. And yeah, I just see the, the obvious connection to scripture because a lot of scripture talks about how do we have right relationships with God and with our fellow man. It's a holistic approach that titillates the mind when you wonder if why someone might may smoke and get cancer, another person doesn't. Maybe it's genetics, maybe it's other factors. But I wonder if we take into consideration, even going through a pandemic, who succumbed to COVID, who didn't. A lot of the choices that you make contribute to outcomes. If you're diabetic, if you're overweight, if you indulge in a lot of sugar, these things rape your immune system. But do you think that we ignore the psychological impact? We were created for relationship. We were created to 
behave in certain ways, when we abuse those, when we walk away, I think it, it shows, and that study may also say, it has an impact on our health. I just don't see how it can. If, right. again, you look at from a scriptural basis, I see God is in his nature relational. He's a triune God, one God in three persons. Just in his very nature, he relates. He has created us in his image. And we have this physical body, and obviously there are things we can do to our physical body, but to separate our physical body from our mental mental health or our physical health from our mental health, that seems like a, a bizarre thing. And there's kind of two errors you can make. One is to think that how I think determines what my physical body is going to do. So I can just think it and it's going to happen. But the other is to say my physical body is unrelated to my mental health. It's we're a union of that physical and the spiritual. And what we do physically impacts our mental health and what we do with our mental health impacts our physical health. And we see the data that points to that that's actually the way Christianity describes our existence. And so I see that correspondence between the two once again, as we do in so many other ways. A little cause and effect. And you mentioned this area of loneliness, ghosting, all of this kind of played in as you're researching for a book that you're doing on artificial intelligence. I know Elon Musk had even recently talked about loneliness and artificial intelligence, that it, it we create a lot of things, but will it contribute to our loneliness? There are people that are creating sex dolls with artificial intelligence in order for what an empty connection. We have already seen the damaging effects that pornography has on men and women, profound effects that make them incapable, nearly incapable without true healing of real interpersonal connections. And they are highly damaged. People are highly damaged from pornography. How much more so when we try to replace human touch with some kind of robotic artificial intelligence. So that cause a little bit of cause and effect of our emptiness, our search for connection in the wrong areas only contributes to, to loneliness, it would seem. I don't, I, it seems to be inevitably that way, especially when you consider what does it take to have a good relationship? Work. I've been married for <laughs> over 30 years. Wife and I love each other. And at the end of the day, we just think very differently. We have to work very hard to connect because she thinks a certain way. I think a certain way. I can, when I think, oh, hey, this is important. It's not like I can just make it. We've got to do things together. And she'll say things that hurt me. I'll say things that hurt her. And, and the way we've made the relationship work is we've committed and said, no matter what comes up, we're going to figure out how to work through that. But it requires a lot of time, a lot of effort. There's pain that she gets to see the deepest, darkest parts of me. And I get to see the deepest parts of her. So there's this vulnerability. And if there's a part to where you say, that's hard. I don't want to do the work or I don't want to be vulnerable. And so it's much easier. Hey, I can get most of the benefit of a relationship. I can get this physical component out of this way, or I can engage with a, have this conversation with this. And there's never that push where you have to just stick it out and deal the hurt. You can walk away. And that's kind of what ghosting is a very present example of this is too hard. I'm just going to walk away. And that's not what really, you can't build relationships when you do it that way. No. And back to cause and effect and something we get to every show is 
checking your worldview. The mm-hmm. God story is, is a worldview that has a continuity that interweaves into every area of your life. When we look at connections, and real connections, or making people important, we realize that we were created in the likeness, in the image of God. Every person on this planet is an image bearer. When we disrespect that, when we realize that, we go overboard to walk in love and kindness and deference in respect, making relationships, doing the uncomfortable things, going through all of the work to nurture relationships, or at least even with strangers to show kindness, because you are, even you jerk cutting me off in traffic, you're still an image bearer of God. So that changes my outlook. But when we don't recognize that, when we don't, even a a recent issue is dealing with the abortion issue. It's a difficult one. I understand But when we don't realize that even in that vulnerable state in the womb, that is a human being, an image bearer of God, precious, priceless. When we can't recognize the value of life in another human being, we have breakdowns everywhere from Democrats and Republicans, from differing points of view on wearing masks, for crying out loud. This is where I see we break down. And because we break down, we deal with the effects. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin, having the wrong worldview, trying to live our lives outside of God's rules and regulations and ways and his, uh, let's just say instruction book. When we don't follow the instructions, things don't work. Have you ever tried to build things from Ikea? I have. And there's 10 parts missing later on. Yeah, I've done that. It doesn't work. Couches turn out sideways, things fall apart, and someone you love has to come in and fix it. (laughs) You know who you are. So we do that with God at times, Jeff, and I think we're seeing the results of it. And the results are profound loneliness in our society. And yeah, I, I love your, your bringing in the worldview there, because one thing I think we fail to realize is that we inevitably move towards our worldview. And so you really do need to ask the question, what does your worldview say and how does it anchor the things that we're saying are important? There's a lot of talk about lives that matter and why lives are important. There's this pervasive idea mm-hmm. in the United States point. that every single life matters. You have to ask the question, what worldview anchors that belief? Christianity does, because just as you've described, we are all image bearers. We bear God's image and Only because of that do we have any sort of significance. But because of that, everybody has significance. Now you have to ask the question, if naturalism is true and we're moving towards that worldview, by what is there a way to anchor this belief that everybody matters? Because if if there isn't, inevitably our society will drift away and there will be some people who matter and some people don't. That's scary. And you're littered with that outcome. 
I mean, think about it. If we are going to go with a naturalistic point of view, it's survival of the fittest. And if somebody has more privilege than someone else, it would seem that they are in a position for fitness and natural selection would just allow people who are less fit to just go by the wayside. That is the outcome of that worldview, Jeff. Really, when you look at it that way, you're, it's disgusting. That kind of naturalistic ideology is outright heinous and disgusting. But a biblical worldview paints a different picture and says, yes, every life matters, no matter what the color of your skin, no matter what your creed, even if you believe differently than me, even if you're not a fully developed human inside of a womb, you matter too. That's a consistency in world in a worldview. And while it can make you angry if of another mindset, you have to recognize the consistency and sooner or later you have to come to terms with it exactly and i think that's so critical that we have that discussion in our society today because we're getting to we're we're more and more increasingly a society where there are many different worldviews out there. I think most of the United States history, you could argue that the dominant worldview of society was a Judeo-Christian worldview. And so we're operating from a common belief system in there. It seems like the belief system or the worldview that is increasingly becoming prevalent is a kind of a postmodern one. And again, that's one where there is no truth or everybody defines their own truth. Again, when you think about what that means of why are people important, if you define your truth and I define my truth, there's no basis by which we can agree or that we're forced to agree that everybody is important. No, and so no, I, nor it does seems your like inevitably you lead to a majority rule or the power rule go. or something else. And again, history is just littered with the Which is mob rule. Right, because it becomes mob rule, indeed. And you think that victimhood, which is a big deal in our society, it matters. Why? Because, again, we have a Judeo-Christian tradition that says every life is important, so victims do matter. However, in the naturalistic point of view, victims don't matter. Victims are eaten and, and digested so that another animal can survive. So going back to a biblical worldview helps to put things in perspective, but a little bit of biblical worldview and a little splattering of this, that, and the other thing in my own feel this way is where we've gotten. And to circle back, it is also taking us to a place where if I don't like what you're doing, I can cancel you. I can uh, describe you or prescribe you as evil and you are gone. You are ghosted. But it is not only causing profound loneliness for the ghosted, it is also having a profound effect on the ghoster, so to speak. It is. And what, one of the things that are interesting area of study is that when they looked at when a relationship ended, they found that the, the one who got ghosted, there were it was more detrimental often than just being told face to face, hey, I rejected it. I resonate with that because even when somebody does something wrong, the moment they say, hey, I'm sorry, that was wrong. It, I find it very easy to forgive and move on. Mm-hmm. When something was done wrong and it was just ignored or glossed over, I can still forgive. It's just a lot more effort. It's it, There's a deeper hurt or a deeper pain that I have to work through. And I think that's what's going on if you're the ghost, you're the one that gets ghosted. But the one who's ghosting, again, that is 
a sign that the relationship is not, that person is not important enough that you can tell them the truth face to face and give them and allow them to deal with it. And I think it hurts both the person who's getting ghosted that you can help by having stronger relationships, but it hurts the person who's ghosting. I think you lose a little bit of your soul. All our relationships. Yeah. I think you learn, you lose a little bit of your soul because you have dehumanized and removed yourself. I think that's why that uh, study that we cited earlier uh, links ghosting short-term relationships in particular to a kind of a psychopathy because I think it's the the loss of soul. It's an ultimate selfishness. It's a, a taking that easy way out and it's disconnecting. It, it's as though we have all of these, imagine a, a host of wires connecting us to other people, it, like an energy source. But we, one by one, plop those those connections. We disconnect. We're the ones choosing to disconnect, but it, it keeps us from an energy source, from interconnecting, so to speak. And I think that we walk around with less vitality. We've done that as well with God. And, and that's where I want to bring this to the back to the God story of how God has created us to work with each other and to thrive in interpersonal relationships, Jeff. That's the beauty of SciTech Talk is that we can see through, we can see biblical truths played out through what we know in science, through studies, through, through looking at the human psyche. All of these things work together and boom, there it is, confirming that biblical worldview. I want to give you the final word. I think that's just a powerful way to say it. And one of the things that I find great comfort in this sort of discussion and these sorts of studies is just this recognition, one, of how important relationships are, but two, that gives me tools to go out and ask the question, then how can I build good relationships? So I don't have to go and say, all right, we need to get rid of all cell phones or we need to make a law that ghosting is bad. What I can do is say, okay, how can I build good relationships? Do I want to have a thousand relationships with a few people or people across the world who I may or may never interact with? Or do I want to make sure, one, that I've got a good relationship with God, that I'm investing time there, that I have a solid relationship with my wife, and that I have time to build into my kids, and then the people that God puts in my, that I can physically encounter most, I want to make sure those are good relationships. And then if I've got more beyond that, then yeah, I can go out and spread the 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 love that God has put into me with those around. But as I seek to build good relationships among the physical people God has put me around, that will equip me to be able to have stronger relationships in those, I don't know, less, less personal communications that might come over social media, which makes me less susceptible to being ghosted. Because if, <laughs> even if I get ghosted, I've got these other solid relationships who can help me and build me up and let me help me to see the truth of who I am in God and how I can love others. I so love that. It's not so much I got to make all the rules so they don't do it wrongly. It's that I can do things to live the way God designed me, and that gives me the strength strength to live in this kind of challenging world. And then we thrive. So it starts with that relationship (laughs) with God. 
I challenge you to investigate that. Don't just take my word for it. Uh, Test it out. Try it out. See if it's not true. Look through historical, scientific evidence of the claims of Jesus and the person that he is, the work that he did on the cross and and what that means. Check it out Uh, in every regard. See if that worldview really does check out. And if it does, you're going to have to come to a place where you got to deal with that. If God is who he says he is, then what if that means that if you connect with him and if you've been ghosting God, maybe it's time to stop that. If you connect with him, what if that changed your life? What if you feel, what if you come alive like you've never come alive before? What if it's something worth investigating. And so that's my challenge to you today, as well as going to my Michelle Live, where you can connect with some of Jeff's books. I'll have some links there for some of his great books. I'm looking forward to that AI book. He's written books, Is There Life Out There? Who's Afraid of the Multiverse? And he's contributed to many others that we often cite here on My Michelle Live. You can get connections there at MyMichelleLive.com, wherever you're listening, watching, or viewing. Thank Thank you for liking us, sharing us, and contribute. As doing so, you contribute to sharing the God story around the world. Thank you, Jeff, for joining me today. It's good to see you. More SciTech Talk at MyMichelleLive.com.